What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, I talked all about how to optimize or maximize your fat loss results. So if your goal is to drop some body fat or get leaner or get more toned or whatever you want to call it, then you definitely want to tune in. Um, talking about it from like a foundational standpoint, how do we make the most out of an active fat loss phase without dragging it out too long, without doing too much damage, you know, psychologically, physiologically, let's just make the most out of the fat loss phase, get in, get out and see some results. If you want to know how to do that, keep listening. If you enjoy this episode, as always, I love to hear about it. First, you can leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes. That is super helpful for me and uh, it'll help the show grow. And then you can always share with a friend, just copy the episode link, send it to somebody that might enjoy it. And then last but not least, you can take a screenshot of the episode, post it to your stories and tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner and enjoy the episode. All right, guys, we are live with another Monday night training. If you are listening on the podcast, welcome. If you're watching on the Facebook group, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about how to maximize, how to get the most out of your fat loss phase or your fat loss cycle. Basically, how to get in and get out in the most efficient way possible. And I felt like this would be a good follow-up episode if you missed the last episode of the podcast. I talked all about biofeedback and listening to your body and understanding the signals that your body is trying to communicate with you, which is important. We have to pay attention and why our body sends those signals and what they mean and what to do about it. So now I'm going to talk about how to actually go through the process of losing body fat while keeping those biofeedback signals in check. That's an important part because the more miserable you are, going through the process, the less likely you are to sustain those results. And it just makes sense logically if you are constantly hungry, if you have intense cravings, if you have low energy, if you're cranky and moody all the time, uh, if you're not getting quality sleep, if your performance is suffering, that's going to be really difficult to maintain. So we should probably focus on feeling our best through the process. Now, Here's the reality. Going through a fat loss phase or actively losing body fat kind of sucks. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's not all that fun because in some way, shape, or form, you're going to be dealing with a little bit of hunger. You're going to be dealing with lower energy. You're going to be dealing with uh, some performance struggles in the gym, lack of recovery. These things are normal, but we want to mitigate them as much as possible and we don't want them to get too serious. So a little bit of hunger is fine. If you're constantly hungry and you have intense cravings all the time, that's a red flag. So I want to discuss the best way to maximize the fat loss progress that you're making, how to get in and get out. The first thing that we have to understand is the goal is to make it as short as possible. Uh, I've seen way too many programs that drag out the fat loss phase like forever. It's like months and months and months and your metabolism, your body, your, your psychology just can't handle it. And it's tough to stay that disciplined for more than you know a few months. If you had to 
ask me, if you were to ask me to pinpoint an exact timeline, it's really difficult to say because everybody's different. But if I had to say a specific timeline, I would say, honestly, 12 weeks would probably be the maximum amount of time for an active fat loss phase. Now, there are ways, of course, to extend that. For example, if you're taking diet breaks, that's a whole different story. So if you're taking like a whole week or two weeks at maintenance, well, then you can extend the timeline. But I'm talking about actively going through a fat loss phase. 12 weeks would be my max. And ideally, it would be a lot shorter than that. If you do things right, if you're understanding kind of like how to optimize, how to be more efficient, then it should not take that long. We should get in, we should get out. Because like I said, there's the inevitable metabolic adaptations that occur when you are trying to lose body fat. You're, you're trying to change your body, right? So there has to be some type of compensation from a metabolic standpoint, and even from a psychological standpoint, um, because your your brain and your your mind will get to that place of like, all right, no more. We can't stay disciplined anymore. We can't white knuckle our way through it anymore. So we have to understand it. So that's the first thing is keep it short and sweet. Also, that's a reason that's another reason why consistency matters. Because if you're going to jump into a fat loss phase, and let's say it's six weeks or eight weeks, and then you're not really consistent. And because you're not consistent, you drag it out longer than it needs to be. Well, now you're starting, you're going to start to experience some of the physiological impacts of doing that, where a six to eight week phase now became a 12 week phase, and you're allowing more time for those negative adaptations to occur, like slowing down your metabolism or experiencing more hunger or experiencing more fatigue or having more brain fog or moodiness or whatever else we experience going through this process. So that's why when it's like time to get to it, just do it. Like that doesn't mean you have to be perfect, but let's ratchet up the consistency a little bit. Uh, I always look at it from a sacrifice standpoint. Like if during my normal maintenance, everyday life way of doing things, you know, I'm, I'm dining out, let's say two to three times a week, as an example, I'm drinking maybe three to four drinks per week, as an example. Well, those are areas that I can sacrifice for the sake of making the fat loss phase more efficient and quicker and more productive. So I can cut back on those things that still allows flexibility. I'm still not trying to be perfect. I'm not saying that I have to hit my macros to the gram every single day of every single week, but I am ratcheting up the consistency a little bit and I'm making some sacrifices in the name of let's get in and get out. So I think that that's an important perspective. Also, that mindset should be with no conditions attached, right? It's not, I'm going to be consistent for six weeks if... I see progress right away. It's just, I'm going to be consistent for six weeks and see this thing through. And then I'm going to get out and reassess from there. So we always, uh, we, again, if we attach the condition to it and then it doesn't meet our expectations, we have the tendency to go off track and just say, you know what? Screw it. Scale's not moving. Why am I eating less? Why am I doing this? Why even bother? Fuck it. And then it extends the timeline. Again, what should have been 
let's say six to eight weeks. Now all of a sudden becomes 12 weeks, 16 weeks, and then you're not where you want to be. And you're like, well, crap, I, I still want to lose body fat. And then you'll have a coach like me say, actually, we need to go through a priming phase first because you're not ready. And then that can be really frustrating to hear. So rather than going through that, it helps to understand that you're just going to commit to being consistent for a specific time frame and then reassess from there. There are certain tools that will make fat loss more effective that will help with a lot of the um, metabolic adaptations. It will help mitigate a lot of the metabolic adaptations. The first thing is looking at your deficit. So we know that energy balance is how we lose body fat. We have to be in a deficit to lose body fat. Now, before you start telling me all about the hormonal considerations, like all of that stuff matters. Your hormonal profile matters. Your gut health matters. But it's because of the influence it has on the energy balance inputs and outputs. So that's why it matters so much. Again, from feeling your best, like if you have hormonal issues, you're probably not going to be feeling all that great. It's going to be more difficult to stay consistent. It's going to impact your energy in, your energy out, and it will make things more challenging. So yes, that matters. But if we want to boil it all down to like what actually needs to happen for body fat to be removed, like that is the process. There, there has to be some form of a energy deficit, right? So don't get too extreme. That's the first thing. Uh, if you are trying to lose a significant amount of weight, the 10, you know, we have this propensity to just go, all right, well, I have to rip the bandaid off. I'm going to go as extreme as possible. Uh, that will backfire because it will be more difficult to sustain. Remember, what you do to attain it is what you need to do to sustain it. So if you're going super extreme, um, I actually just had a conversation with somebody who did 75 hard, and then she was like, there's no way that I could have maintained those results because it was very extreme, right? So going through that process, while it was a cool experience, I'm sure it was really fun for her to be that dialed in for 75 days. Well, then what happens? Now, if you want to sustain those results, it's going to take that same amount of effort. So she was like, well, obviously I'm, I'm backtracking because who can sustain that? Nobody. Um, so it helps to have that awareness going in. Don't be as aggressive right on the front end and just rip the Band-Aid off because that's going to be difficult. Now, having said that, again, there's always exceptions. I'm always going to go on my little tangents. There are ways to be more aggressive without just ripping the Band-Aid off. So for example, if I have like a type 1A or a type 1B, we know that those neurotypes like to see progress quickly. So I can maybe do a week or two weeks that are a little bit more aggressive, but then I need to balance that out with either a maintenance week or a couple refeed days. So even with neurotypes who like to see quick results, we can give them what their brain desires, but also what their body needs to not have so many negative implications. That would be an example. Let's say we did two weeks at an aggressive deficit, two weeks at maintenance, or one week at an aggressive deficit, two weeks at maintenance, or five days at an aggressive deficit, and maybe two days at maintenance or a slight surplus. So those are just hypotheticals that can work for individuals who are like, well, I want to see progress quickly. But again, your mindset should still be, I'm going to commit and see this through without the conditions attached. Once you understand that approach, now, 
if we're, if we're speaking from a, a neurotype standpoint, the 1As and 1Bs can typically handle the most aggressive deficits pending, right? That contingent upon the giving the diet breaks or refeed days. Type 2As, we love variety. We can handle a little bit more stress than a 2B or a 3. So moderate deficit is fine. 2Bs and 3s, they're going to typically do well with the smallest deficit and can handle a longer term phase because the, the less aggressive you get on the deficit, the longer you can extend the dieting phase for the most part. Again, we still want to consider, even with every neurotype, we still want to consider those diet breaks, those maintenance days, refeed days, all these strategies that help to mitigate the metabolic adaptations that occur from a fat loss phase. So we can use diet breaks, we can use maintenance weeks, we can use refeed days, uh, and we can do that strategically. We can use calorie cycling as an example for a type 2A, because we love variety, having higher calorie days and lower calorie days can work well. Carb cycling as an example. Um, even for type 2Bs, that can work well. Type 3s, you know, they like the predictability. So having something that's a little bit more linear might work well for a type 3, just as an example. One of the things that will help is once you've got your deficit established, prioritize protein. There are so many reasons why, like I, I sound like a broken record because I feel like every time I talk about fat loss, I talk about protein, but there are reasons for that. It has so many benefits when you're trying to lose body fat. And I know that people get caught up in the, well, what do I eat? Like, do I have to just keep pounding chicken? It's like, no, do a little research, find foods that you enjoy that are high in protein. There, there's a lot. Or if you're like me, you don't have to rotate that many, but chicken is just one. I eat a lot of turkey. I eat a lot of grass-fed beef, salmon. Like there's plenty yogurt, protein powder. If you need to supplement, like there's plenty of options. Even if you are plant-based, there are still plenty of options. You just have to do a little front-end work to find the foods that fit well for you. But getting in your protein as a priority is going to be super important because hunger, number one, the most satiating macro is protein. Number two, muscle mass. It helps a lot to maintain your muscle mass through a dieting phase. That's like the main objective. We want to lose body fat. We don't want to lose weight. If we lose weight, that could mean muscle. If we lose body fat, that's specifically body fat, right? So maintaining your muscle, eating enough protein is going to help maintain your muscle. And then there's also the thermic effect where you will burn more calories digesting protein than you will with any other macro. So that's number one. Along the same lines, vegetables and fiber, also super important when you're going through a dieting phase because you're going to stay full. So protein satiates you. Fiber satiates you. Vegetables, they're high volume. You can eat a, a huge volume of food without a lot of calories. So they're, they're hydrating, they have water in them, they have fiber in them, um, and you're eating just like a large volume. So just through the act of eating and digesting, you're going to feel fuller, you know, more satiated longer. And then fiber is the second most, um, when it comes to the thermic effect, protein one, fiber two. So you're getting a little bit of an extra advantage of burning more calories through the digestive process. It's basically negligible, but every little advantage matters. So it's worth mentioning. Um, along, again, along the same thought process, drinking enough water. 
a lot of times we confuse being thirsty for hungry. And so making sure that you're hydrated, it also helps with performance. A lot of times people mistake the performance struggle with something nutrition related and it could actually be hydration. So even just being 1% dehydrated can impact performance a significant amount. So let's make sure that we're drinking enough water. It's also going to help you with, you know, feeling full. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of advantages to doing that. But again, just keep it simple. When you're trying to lose body fat and you're going through a fat loss phase to maximize it, just make sure you're drinking enough water. If you are going to ask me how much, an easy way to do it is just take your body weight, cut it in half, and then drink that amount in ounces. So if I'm 200 pounds, I would aim for 100 ounces. If you really want to be aggressive and, and get in enough water, just aim for a gallon a day. Um, work your way up to that if you're not used to it. That's pretty much what I do is just a gallon a day. It's, it's super simple. I've got my routine. I've got my water bottle that I fill up. I know how much I need to drink. Um, but if you just try and jump right from there, you'll be in the bathroom like all day, every day. So gradually increase. Um, one of the best tools that we have to maximize the fat loss phase is walking, get your steps in, stop focusing so much on cardio. Cardio is actually a really ineffective fat loss tool. It's kind of the, the last piece that we can tinker with, but get everything else in order first in terms of your nutrition, in terms of your steps, in terms of your strength training. And then if we have to layer in some, some dedicated cardio, or if you just enjoy it, totally fine. You can do cardio. There's no problem with that. But using it specifically as a fat loss tool, it's not the best idea. Focus on steps. Like There is no better activity for your health than just walking. Um, not only does it help with lowering cortisol, but it also helps with insulin sensitivity. So when you're trying to build and maintain muscle, that's really helpful. Um, and it's going to be the most effective tool for actually burning more calories. Most people get caught up in what they're doing for the hour that they're inside the gym. It's like, oh, well, I trained for an hour, so I burned all of these extra calories. The bottom line is you didn't. It's not that much. And then your body is smart, so it knows that you were very active for that hour. And it's going to try to subconsciously move less throughout the day. When you train, your body's going to try and compensate and subconsciously make you move less. So that it might not even be like you're sitting on the couch, but you might just not be fidgeting as much or moving your hands around as much or tapping your feet as much, stuff that you probably don't even realize, but your body is stopping those things because it's trying to preserve energy. So how do we offset that? Well, we prioritize our steps. We prioritize walking. You don't even have to track your steps. I think it's useful because then you can start to build up. Like if I am averaging 10,000 steps a day, normally when I go into a fat loss phase, I might kick that up to 12,000. And then if things start to get stagnant, I might kick that up to 14,000. And then I might kick that up to 15,000. There is a point where it becomes a little bit excessive and a little bit extreme. Um, but you got to find that balance for yourself and what you have time for and what you can prioritize. Um, so that is like, you do, again, you don't have to track the steps. It helps if you do, but you could just do it based off of time. Like, all right, I'm going to take a 15 minute walk first thing in the morning. I'm going to take a 15 minute walk after lunch. And I'm going to take a 15 minute walk in the evening after dinner, whatever it may be. You can just set your schedule like that and then set a reminder in your phone. So you get it done. 
The other thing we have to look at is balancing stress. Now, if you're going into a fat loss phase, the number one thing that's going to likely disrupt your progress is stress. So because eating less is a stressor, strength training is a stressor, then you've got all of the other stressors in your life, like your personal life, your work life, all the other things that you've got going on. So being aware of that will hopefully help you implement some uh, some parasympathetic activities, stress-relieving activities, whether that's prioritizing your wind-down routine so you can sleep more. I mean, there is nothing better for recovery and for losing body fat than getting quality sleep every night. So if you make that a priority, you're going to be ahead of the game. Of course, you can do things like meditation, like journaling, like walking, listening to music, things that just calm you down, deep breathing, find what works for you and prioritize that. The other thing that we can look at, strength training. Well, I talked about why cardio, or I talked about how cardio is not all that effective when it comes to fat loss. You know, what is effective is strength training. Having said that, the, the secret is in the dose. Like, you don't want to be strength training seven days a week because now you're taxing your body. The stress debt that you're creating is a lot to recover from, especially when you're on fewer calories. So let's look at strength training as a tool that we use to help speed up our metabolism, or help keep the metabolism strong and well-functioning through the process because you are using your muscle, you are rebuilding, you know, breaking down and then rebuilding muscle tissue um, and, and basically telling your body that you're using your muscle so that it doesn't break it down and use it as energy, which would be which, which would result in muscle loss. And that's not what we want, right? The more muscle we have, the more calories we burn at rest. So let's actually put those muscles to use and strength train. Um, again, if you had to ask me, like, what is the proper dose? It depends on the individual. If you have less stressors in your life, you can train more. The more stressors you have in your life, we have to dial it back a little bit. Um, Three days a week is probably good for most people. Four days a week is probably great uh, if you can do that. Five days a week, that might be really effective for you. That's typically, I'm in that four to five days a week range. Lately, it's been more like four. Um, I'm not currently going through, I'm more in a maintenance phase right now. But if I were to shift to trying to lose body fat, I'd probably hit my four strength days per week. I would absolutely focus mainly on steps I would hit my deficit, hit my calories, hit my protein, make sure I'm getting in my veggies and water, and I would keep that super simple and always, always prioritizing sleep and stress management. Um, so those are like the big foundational rocks. If we can look at those things and, and knock those out and stay consistent, you're going to be way more efficient and effective with your fat loss phase uh, than if you start mistaking the forest for the tree. If you're like, well... I have to focus on meal timing and I have to hit, you know, get in as many carbs as I can. I have to do all these things like just focus on the big rocks, the foundational pieces, hit your protein, slight deficit, uh, drink your water, get your veggies and fiber in, uh, get your steps in, prioritize sleep and stress management and stress management and strength train consistently and you will be good to go. Now, as we get more specific with each neurotype, that's when the approach, like the actual strategy of timeline and the deficit aggressiveness, like how we structure things, that can change. I mean, it can change from person to person, but from a 30,000 foot view with each neurotype, it's going to look slightly different. So I talked about how, you know, type 1As, type 1Bs, we can be a little bit more aggressive. We can do more of a sprint 
as long as we're implementing the refeed days and the diet breaks. Two A's, I like more of an interval approach where we're changing up the structure like every three to four weeks uh, just to keep that variety in the mix. And we're doing more of a moderate deficit and still either through some kind of cycling, carb cycling, calorie cycling, um, we're giving two A's the same type of, of break, refeeds, diet breaks, that sort of thing. So we can even have a whole interval that's like uh, more of a maintenance style, even with cycling included in that. Um, two B's, I like going either interval or more of like the marathon approach where uh, it's just a slight deficit and they can stay more consistent for the long haul. Uh, and then for the type threes, it's more of the marathon approach because they do like predictability. They do like structure and organization. So we can give them a plan as far out in advance as possible. Very slight deficit because they're the most um, stressed out, typically the most stressed naturally of all the neurotypes. So we don't want to overstress them with cutting too many calories. So just keeping a very slight deficit and then keeping it consistent. But even still, you know, we might have to implement some diet breaks even for a type three um, because we want to pay attention to biofeedback, right? Like we talked about last episode, paying attention to what your body is communicating will help you gain insight into whether you need more maintenance days, refeed days, diet breaks, those type of things. It'll tell your body will tell you if you are experiencing, you know, intense cravings, if your energy is in the tank, if you have no sex drive, if you miss your cycle, all of these red flags, your body's like, hey, this is not fun. We're not enjoying this. So listen and, and adjust accordingly. You don't have to just follow the script that somebody lays out for you. You have to understand your own body and what it's communicating and be able to adapt accordingly based off of that information. So if you notice any of those red flags, that might mean it's time for more maintenance days, it's time for a diet break, or it's time to just come out of this completely and go back into uh, more of a priming um, and then live in maintenance for a little bit, give your body some time to chill, and then go back at it. But each time you're ready for that active fat loss phase, you should have all of the tools necessary to get in and get out quick and easy, quick and painless, right? We don't want to suffer. We don't want to be miserable. We don't want to struggle for too long. So let's just get in, get it done and get out. Hopefully this was helpful, but that is like the basic strategy to be able to optimize your results, maximize your results when you are trying to lose fat. Hit the foundational pieces first. Don't get too caught up in the, oh, well, the supplements, what should I, should I be taking? Um, don't get caught up in like your meal timing or meal frequency. Like, am I stoking the metabolic fire if I eat six meals versus four? The answer is no, you're not. So like, let's not get focused on that. Or like, I have to hit my protein or my post-workout perfectly. Um, if I don't hit my post-workout perfectly, I'm going to ruin all my gains. Like, no, that's not true. Focus on the big rocks first. And once you've got that dialed in, then we can start to implement some of the smaller details that don't make all that much of a difference, but can help in certain contexts. So let me know if this was helpful. Um, drop a comment if you have any questions or if you have any feedback, if this was useful, any concerns, anything that you want me to talk about in future episodes, always let me know. Um, and then guys, if you're listening on the podcast, please, as always, DM me if you, uh, if you enjoyed it, first of all, let me know, or take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories on Instagram. You can tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. 
and I will talk to you guys very soon.